So we're up to the elements of vigilance. So it's important to know that the way the author set up the book is he's very systematic. So initially he told us right from the beginning what his intention is to accomplish through the writing of this book. And he's going to go through these nine different character traits. So in the previous chapter, he described the character trait writ large. Now what he's going to do in this chapter is he's going to break down the character trait of vigilance or, or safeguarding or um, watchfulness about your behavior. He's going to break it down into different elements. The next chapter is going to describe how to actually accomplish bringing these elements into your life. So chapter three, two methods are necessary for one who wishes to oversee his conduct. On the one hand, he must ponder what constitutes the true good that a person should choose and the true evil that he should flee from. In other words, one step that one is going to have to figure out is what is an ideal good and what is the ideal, uh, ideal good that people should be choosing to do and the ideal evil that people should be running away from. So that's the ideal. That's in generally speaking in your entire life. That's not dealing with on an individual level on a, in a daily basis type behavior. It's more like to sit there and think trajectory of my life. Is it where I want it to be? Is it heading towards the good, away from the bad, towards the bad, away from the good? That's one aspect of, of, um, of watchfulness, right? The second aspect, on the other hand, he must see if his own deeds are good or evil. This applies both to deeds at the time of their performance and to deeds performed in the past. So in other words, it's not enough just to sit there and think to yourself, are you happy with the, with the behavior that you're about to do right now? That's not the only aspect that we're dealing with. We're also dealing with an element of, are you thinking about and reviewing the deeds that you've done in the past to figure out is that something that you're happy with as well. At the time of their performance, when he is about to do something, he shouldn't perform any deed without weighing it on the scale of these aforementioned principles. Regarding past deeds, he should recall all of his deeds and weigh them as well on the same scales. Now here he gets into something that I think sometimes we, we kind of gloss over. And this is the we do good deeds, but we have bad elements mixed into them. And we do bad deeds, we have something good mixed into it, right? So if you look at certain actions taken in a vacuum, they seem to be good actions, right? You describe this person just raised, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for starving children in Africa. And she sent it there and it's making a very big difference in taking care of the starving children in Africa. And, that, and that's a beautiful thing. It's a big mitzvah. On the other hand, then you find out that she's completely neglecting her family. Right. So then that's not such a good thing. Right. The, the famous example is um, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but I think Mrs. Mrs. Jellybee, who was in uh, Bleak House by Charles Dickens, that that is exactly what she does. She focuses on other people's needs and doing kindness to other people, but completely ignores her own family. Right. So that, that's a, a, mis a big mistake. So what we're trying to get to over here is to say that looking at actions in a vacuum to figure out what the perfect good is, that doesn't necessarily work when you're figuring out what you do on a daily basis. And well, there's an element of this that is correct, but there's an element of this that is incorrect, right? You're doing something, part of what you're doing is good, but part of what you're doing is not so good because given the whole balance of things, this is not the way you should be behaving right now. Okay, so when you think about your the deeds, you shouldn't just think about the deeds that you're going to do as you're doing them. You should also think about and remember to yourself and sort of review the deeds that you have done and then weigh them as well on the same scales. You must observe what they contain of evil to reject it and what of good to persevere in it and to strengthen himself through it. If he finds with them any wrongdoing, he must contemplate and investigate to determine what tactic he should use to turn aside from this wrongdoing and to cleanse himself of it. So I want to give an example here. 
So it's human nature. One of the strongest desires that we have is to get kavod, right? Kavod means to get honor, to get respect in this world, right? Everybody strives to get, to be respected by others and to get honored by others. Now, in truth, it's a very interesting phenomenon because honored by others is not a physical pleasure. It's a very, it's the way the sages describe it. It's almost a spiritual pleasure because it's not something that's tangible, right? And to get honored in this world takes away from the reward that you would get in the next world. But yet it's human nature. I mean, we all do it. I do it all the time, right? When you're busy doing something good for someone else, you're thinking to yourself, there's a side of you, at least a part of you that's thinking to yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm a really nice guy. I'm really helping out someone over here. And that's very nice of me, right? But that's taking away from the element of this mitzvah being done in a very pure state. Are you helping someone else solely because they need help? Or are you helping someone else because they need help? And also because it feels good. And also because you know you're going to get some honor. You're going you're to get some respect for having done so. And that takes away from its pureness, right? And that's not the ideal way to do the mitzvah. Now, obviously, <laughs> it's better than not helping at all. But it's important to recognize what aspect is good and what aspect is not good. Because if you don't recognize the flaw, you're never going to get rid of the flaw. Our sages of blessed memory were referring to this when they said, it would have been better for a person not to have been created than to have been created. Right? So we quoted this once before. Sages teach us there was a big dispute. It's in the Talmud in Masachat Erevin. A big dispute. Is it better for people to have been created or better for people to not have been created? And they go back and forth. And the conclusion is, it was better that we never would have been created in the first place. But now that we have been created, we now have to examine our deeds and others say he should probe his deeds. In other words, once we've been created, we have to do these two different actions. One action is examine your deeds. One action is probe your deeds. So he's going to now describe what are these two different terms, right? They seem very similar, but they must mean something different or else the Talmud wouldn't make a point of emphasis to different aspects. These two terms are in reality two very beneficial and useful teachings. Examination of one's deeds entails an overall investigation of one's deeds to determine whether there are any deeds among them that should not be performed because they conflict with the eternal's mitzvahs and statues. Anything of this nature must be eradicated from this world. In other words, there are certain deeds that are clearly bad deeds, right? We, we are, we're all guilty of this, right? We all, there are certain things that we recognize they're wrong. We do them anyways. They're habitual. They're fun. They're enjoyable. We get caught up in the moment. We make a, a, um, a, uh, an immediate gratification decision that we might feel bad about the next day, but we do it anyways. And those types of deeds are deeds that are, the entire deed has to be eradicated from our behavior. Now, that's in terms of examining our deeds, but there's something else. There's probing. Probing, however, entails the investigation of even one's good deeds. One must investigate and observe if these deeds contain any aspect which is not good or something which is partly bad that he must remove and destroy, right? So this is a very high level that he's, he's requiring from us, right? He's, he's telling us humans are capable of reaching a very high level. And part of what that entails is to ensure that their deeds don't even have, forget that they're, they're not, it's not a bad deed, right? In, in totality, it's not a bad deed. It's a good deed. But there's still ways to make it better. How do you make it better? You eliminate some of the flaws within that deed. Right? So the simple example that we gave is if you're busy thinking about the honor that you're going to get for this example, it's not doing the, exa it's not doing the chesed. It's not doing the, the kindness in the very pure form. And that's not the best way to do it. One must investigate and observe if these deeds contain any aspect which is not good or something which is partly bad that he must remove and destroy. This is similar to handling a garment to discern if it is good and strong or weak and frayed. 
In a like manner, one must examine his deeds as thoroughly as possible to determine their nature until he remains purified and cleansed. In summation, a person must survey all of his deeds and oversee all his ways in order to remove any bad tendency or trait, let alone a sin or a transgression. It is also necessary that a man be meticulous in his ways and weigh them daily, like the leading merchants do when they assess all their undertakings to prevent their businesses from falling into ruin. In other words, when it comes to business matters, right, you have someone who has lots of, you know, uh, lots of different um, business undertakings. He's the CEO of a big conglomerate, right? So he's going to have a very set times. He's going to be reviewing different aspects of the business. And, you know, once a week, he's going to have all hands on deck meeting of all the different, you know, um, chairman of each of the different organizations. And then every day, he's going to have one meeting, one-on-one -on -one with each person, right? There's going to be very set times to make sure why. Why is this so? Because he wants to make sure that he's meeting success with his material needs. So he says, you know what? The same thing is true with the conglomeration of human nature, with the conglomeration of our deeds in this world. If you want to make sure that you're going to have success, you have to have a schedule. One should schedule fixed times and hours for this rather than doing so randomly and adhere to them faithfully because there is so much at stake. So the Zihirus, right, the idea that we're discussing right now, the idea of, of the extreme watchfulness about your behavior and making the correct decisions can only happen if you're actually invested in it and invested in it mentally. How does one do that? You have to have fixed times to think, A, are there things that I want to eliminate from my behavior? B, are there good deeds that I'm doing and I don't want to stop doing them, but I want to try to eliminate certain bad aspects of those good deeds so that I can do it in the most purified, most refined way possible.